Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama. Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for uh, spending some of your time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Iowa State's up first, bottom of the hour. Alec Bussey uh, will join us from CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. Uh, Iowa State, as we know, off to Memphis to play in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, they do not have a men's game this week until Thursday night for Cyhawk, but we'll uh, get the latest on Iowa State with Alec Bussey coming up at 11.30. 12.05, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will commiserate about the uh, final weekend, championship weekend uh, in college football. And then Scott Dockerman uh, will join us at 12.30 uh, to talk about the uh, football from Indianapolis, the game in Orlando, Citrus Bowl against Tennessee. Dot, dot, dot. And pretty big basketball game tonight for the Hawks as well as they take on Purdue. That is a 6 o'clock tip. Back from Indianapolis himself and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Not really, but no, good no. to see you. <laughs> Not at all. Licking your wounds a little bit? Yeah, that 7 a.m. Eastern flight uh, yeah. leaving. That was a tough one. I bet it was. Got back to the hotel about 12.30 and a couple hours on the pillow. Right up we went. Couple of flights back home. Made the piano recital. We're oh, out, good. So good. That was the most important. Did you thing. keep your eyes open during it? I did. Yeah, we were good. Got a little mid afternoon, late afternoon nap in there. A little hour as uh, put Jack down for a nap, and Dad needed one too. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're raring to go and ready for another week here, and to look back at the weekend that was, as we always do at the top. Absolutely. So, what was the crowd like, as far as uh, if you could? Guesstimate how many Hawkeye fans? Probably Michigan? seventy thirty. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe even 75, 25, but it was from people that were there two years ago said it was certainly a different kind of environment than two years ago. Michigan being there for the first time two seasons ago, mm-hmm. the excitement that they had, the lippiness that they had, mm-hmm. it was a foregone conclusion. And maybe that also kind of led to the level of frustration and, and angst that you got from the fan base. But overall, uh, Michigan fans are. They're a pain in the ass. I mean, they're so arrogant, and they were not a fun group to hang out with. We had this guy that was talking to us Friday night. I just I couldn't handle it anymore. I turned my attention back to the Purdue Northwestern game. It just a yeah, pretty good game, and it's yes, right, it was huh? absolutely, wow. and, and that was a reason behind it. But yeah, I mean, overall, the environment that stadium's cool. You know, being there for the second time, mm-hmm. it's it's a really cool stadium. Up in the press box for the first time for this one. Uh, ran into a bunch of our colleagues, which was always fun, and talked to them for a while. But overall, just one of those games that you kind of look back upon. And there's what-ifs. The sure. ultimate end game. Michigan's a better team. Yes. But this was, for those 60 minutes, the not, way that defense played. It wasn't 26 played. nothing. No, absolutely not. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't afford that. They had to have something fluky. Well, that in their way. lack of offense. Right. I mean, they had to have something fluky uh-huh. happen. They had to have all the breaks go their way, and it didn't. Uh-huh. And even with that, they probably would have got beat by 10. Mm-hmm. 16 6, you know, something like that. Yep. Instead, this is what they got. Can't afford a fumble. Can't give up a big punt return. Can't have a call go against you with a clear whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't understand that trend. I really don't. You know, the Deacon Hill play, it's not even the was his arm going forward or not. I thought it was a fumble. I really did. I, yeah. it and yet Blandino, that. that was his problem with the play. It yeah. wasn't the whistle, because he says they usually let it continue after the play is ended. Which, <laughs> what? Really? 
The play has ended, yet it gets to continue, and therefore, and, and then and only then, will you award uh, possession? No, that's not how it works. But Blandino's part was he thought the hand, he thought that the hand was going forward, and that wasn't a fumble. That was his gripe. If it is a fumble, there's a whistle. Clearly, there is an official coming in waving, waving his, his arms, arms. incomplete. Yes. yes. Before there's a clear recovery, mm-hmm. and the clear recovery was not a guy falling on the ball. Oh, he handed, picked it up and handed it back to the official. Because there was a whistle and everybody right. thought the play was over. Including the guy who picked it up and handed it back. That's the part uh-huh. that is difficult to get back. Now, they're, backed up at, they're backed up inside their 10. They're sure. not doing anything. Right. Not with this offense. No. And the game plan by Brian, what was that? It was like we've seen the, the previous 12 weeks. In a game like this, where you knew you need something mm-hmm. to not take a shot down the yeah. field. None. I mean, the the big play that was you come there up sep- with. So, so you were up high, which mm-hmm. is really good for this question. Yeah. Was there was there separation? Was there, were the Iowa receivers getting separation at all? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean there were. So it was worth a chance. It was worth a you know a player two to, to to chuck one down the field and try and open it up a little bit. You've heard me now for seven years bitch about route concept, concepts mm-hmm. and seeing it up high. It is even more damning. Mm-hmm. Good God, that passing offense. I've asked you the question, I don't know how many times. What are they trying to do in the passing game? Seven years in, I have no clue. And This is not being flippant. I would really look. Brian, explain. What is your concept in the passing game? Now, with Ken O'Keefe, it was deep crossers with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It was tight ends up the seam. Yep. That is, you could tell that is what they're trying to do. With Greg Davis, it was a horizontal passing game. Didn't exactly work, but that's what at least he was trying to do. I don't know. What are they trying to do in the passing game. Seven years, he can't answer that question. Will he have an opportunity to coach in the bowl game, do you think? Yeah. You think he will? Oh, absolutely. Don't, wouldn't it be prudent to find your OC so at least you can, I mean, not oh, that he's going to coach him for 15 practices, yeah. but he can beat those 15 practices and get a look at what he's going to be working with coming next year? Prudent uh-huh. and what Iowa football does are two yeah. completely different concepts. Yeah. Those are things that are just completely different conversations. And then you just take what's left over? Yeah, or do much. you have a wink and a nod agreement that you're our guy, just hang in there. Right. To January 2nd, or give us some time and we get back. Uh, you're our guy, don't take another job, or if you are, let me know. Maybe I, I, I don't know. But The I, names that we talk about. Ryan Grubb is this, the Pine North Star. Star. Right, yeah. yeah. That, that's the one. The likelihood seems incredibly slim, yeah. Yeah. but that's the one. And then you hear Paul Crest. Mm-hmm. Familiarity, respect on both sides. Yep. A guy that went and he was an offensive coordinator was elite. Mm-hmm. An excellent offensive coordinator. Yep. Not as much as a head coach. Nope. But if he could come resurrect things, maybe he gets another shot at a head coaching job. And then I heard this one over the weekend. Ooh. Kirk's not pleased. We know this. Okay. Kirk is incredibly upset about the way this played out. Sure. For a big middle finger, yeah. back to the administrators. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. Uh-huh. Bring back old friend Ken O'Keefe. I'm only going to be here a couple more years. How old is Ken O'Keefe? Is he is he fair? Is he mid sixties? I think he's. I think he maybe is seventy now. Yeah. But you know what? This is my program. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way. I don't want. A new Did you hear gun. this over a few beers? Oh or yeah, yeah. In the press box with with Iowa media. It's just an idea. Just a thought. Okay. Would it shock you if that's what we get? Well, I, does he still want to coach? I mean, I thought right. he's. Yeah. Yeah, I got to think. That once you once you get retired, you feel pretty comfortable. Well, maybe not everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get an itch to go. In a million and a half a year for another well, three years. Well, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Ego gets in the way. You know what? I can do this. One I can more do time. it one more time. Yeah, maybe. Well, I I, <laughs> I think it would be. Um, 
again, prudent for them to figure this out sooner rather than later because here we are. No, you got a bowl game still. That's that's the only thing that matters, uh, right? Yes. I guess for some of the uh, the underclassmen or some of the backups on the roster, some of the scout team, they'll get their opportunity. So a couple of things from the game. Obviously, the entering your play was unbelievable. Yes. Amos missed the tackle at first. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. But there were 21 football players in front of him when he was on the ground. 21. That means everybody on the field was in front of him. And he ran the dude down at the five-yard line. Just a remarkable, remarkable hustle play. That uh, stood out to me. You mentioned the offense. It's just an Epps. Caleb Brown, they have something there. Uh, Hopefully they find a quarterback uh, and someone who is willing to uh, be that as a play caller who's willing to, you know, utilize his talents because I think they're clearly there. The offensive line, I thought, had a bad night. I'll give you Michigan's defensive front. They're good. Um, but, But the offensive line for Iowa was... Not good uh, in the football game. Defense, Trent, here's the story of the last couple of years, and it's the same story as last year. This is a really good defense, uh, a, a terrific – I mean, look at, look at the numbers. Look what they did to Michigan's offense. Essentially, they cut it in like 45% of what they do, right? Mm-hmm. They got 400 yards a game. They give them up you know, 210 or whatever. It was a remarkable performance out of what had to be a very – gas group of guys at the end of that football game. The defense for the last two years getting no help from their offense. If only, right? If only we can play this game and somebody will down the road. Complimentary football. That's not complimentary football. No. When you have an elite defense yep. and you can't stay on the field. Nope. You know, people point to and Gus Johnson bringing up USC. You know what, Trent? I'm <laughs> glad you reminded me that. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I, I, was, I was the same way. I was Man, how many beers in did the have? middle of a game? Yes. You're the announcer, politicking. the play-by-play guy, is politicking to get the Iowa defensive coordinator the hell out of Iowa City and get him to La La Land <laughs> right. with USC. Lincoln Riley back up the Brinks truck. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and it was a conversation that was uncomfortable. It was weird. It was weird. Yes, to bring that up. Mm-hmm. But people say, you know, could a defense like Phil Parker's could it work when you're running? Can the air raid have a defense like that? Well, they have an offense like this, and they're able to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, time of possession, number of plays on the field, those kind of things, they're able to do it. Yeah, you can do it. You just have to be able to practice the way that Iowa practices and does the things that Iowa does. But, yeah, what a weird, weird situation yeah, I, that was. I, I was stunned. I, I was stunned by The it. defense, Jay Higgins all over the place. Yeah. Terrific uh, again. Sebastian Castro. Phenomenal player. Just an absolute And stud. he can come back, right? He can, yes. He Both does of have them can. Extra, Higgins yes. can, too. Wouldn't that be nice? You bring back those two guys? Yeah, there's something to build on right there. Deontay Craig with a healthy season, you'd hope, in and, front and of him. And he was questionable. He was on the um, uh, the injury report that came out as questionable. Y.A. Black. Yep. We saw his ascension this yep. year. He yep. has become a disruptor. Although the there's buzz that he might have an NFL opportunity. Yeah, you buying that? You know, a guy like that... Defensive tackle, he's going to grade out well. You're, I'm sure of that. But mm-hmm. you do wonder, is it you know a fourth, fifth rounder? You kind of take a shot. You do take a, sh- a what? Take a shot. Oh, okay. Like Geno Stone did. Yep. And said, look, I'm not going to be drafted high, but I only have a certain amount. Yep. But again, we're talking about a different era. Because, for Geno Stone. I mean, he's about to get paid this offseason. Mm-hmm. And it worked out well for him. Yep. But there's other guys that's no, going the other direction. A, and absolutely. Now in college football, well, NIL deal. Mm-hmm. You go to Brad Heinrichs and the Iowa Swarm and say, why are you black? I'm going to need a little bit more. Have you noticed on some of the NIL portals, there's the player, there's the statistics about him, where he's where he's from, and then there's a couple of schools that maybe might be. And then there's another whole category, 
NIL with a money sign? Yeah. How much it's going to cost for this player? Well, I mean, it's a ballpark. I get it. It is. And it's it, not, this is the asking price. This is the sticker price. And you can negotiate. So the on three, that is their big thing. Yeah. And when they created this latest network, this is the guy that started Scout and Rivals. And this is his latest entry into the foray. And one of the big parts is he knew that NIL was going to be a big component of this. It's all funny money. It's so much of it. Well, we had Cade McNamara. We we were told for the whole season up until like week Mm ten that Cade McNamara was getting six hundred thousand dollars. Tom Caker joined us what two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and said, "Look, it's not even close to that." I don't know what it is. I know Tom knows because Tom's pretty much pretty close to it. He's their media rep for the swarm, if you will. Um, So he knows what he's getting. What what two years six hundred thousand? Maybe maybe. I mean that even might be a little bit high, Mm -hmm. but. Uh, the market's probably going to reset it's when you changing. take a look at the quarterbacks that have just put their name in the portal this week. My God. What was more shocking to you this morning? Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma or Cal McCord no, of Ohio Cal McCord. State? Yeah. Cal McCord, for sure. Because McCord had a fine season. Okay season. Yeah. Gabriel was really good down the stretch. So does it show you that Ohio State thinks that the kid that got hurt is going to be the guy going forward or that they're shopping in the portal, that they're going after... Or the Common Core thinks he can get a bump and pay because he knows he's not going to have an NFL career. Get what I can before, right. while I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes it which is smart. It is, yeah, know, on his part. I mean, almost every yep. quarterback, if you have an opportunity, you don't have to sit out a year. You either a grad transfer now, mm-hmm. have transferred once before. Uh, th- we also probably should lay out those rules, right? Yep. What has changed now? If you've already used that free year of transferring and you haven't graduated yet, you would have to sit out a season. Yep. When people bring up things like. Caleb Brown at Iowa. He no, would have to sit, sit out, out a right. season. He's not going anywhere. Right. He would have to sit out another year before he'd be eligible mm-hmm. again in 2025. Yeah, it's very difficult to give a kid a couple of years of playing time and then for have them just you know take a year off. Yes. I mean, other than injury-wise, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. To but do. if you are a grad transfer, if you graduated Different and rules. you've already used, in fact, if, I think it's still if you've used uh-huh. multiple transfers, but you have a grad, grad you graduated, yep. you're eligible right away. So that is a little bit of difference that we've seen from past years. And this thing's going to continue to get mm-hmm. crazier. I mean, there's going to be more and, and more these are a lot of one. These are a lot of one and doneers at mm-hmm. their new school. I mean, the majority of them are going to be one and done. All right, uh, let's get to the, well, let's do Iowa State first. They're headed back to Memphis mm-hmm. uh, to the Liberty Bowl. Look, it's, a, it's, a, it's drivable. Uh, that's um, a positive. Yep. The other positive, although I wasn't a big fan, maybe it was unfair because I trying to. Uh, I was told that I'd never been there. Oh, Beale Street's an awful lot like Bourbon Street. Well, no, it's not. No, it's, it's not close. But the good thing about it is, you know, where everybody's going to be. Yes. That if you want to go out and drink with your fellow Cyclone fans, you know that go down to Beale Street. That's where the parties are going to be. Uh, so there, that it has that going for it. Um, Cindy and I stayed about a block. I'm trying to figure out block north of Beale Street, mm-hmm. uh, downtown. Um, never, never walking home at night. Never did we feel like, oh boy, this is shady. Yeah. Um, and we were like, I don't know, maybe 200 yards from where MLK's hotel was, oh, okay. where he got shot. Yeah. Um, it's literally, it was like a block away. Um, but if, if you've heard some bad stuff about Beale Street or about Memphis, I'm sure that there you can find it. Right. Uh, but right around the downtown area, uh, we certainly didn't. Uh, Beale Street's got that going for him. The stadium is really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, it's cookie cutter, but it's, there's, it's surrounded by parking lot. So it's great tailgate. 
But it's Memphis versus Iowa State. Yeah. It's G5 versus P5. You deserve a better opponent. You're not going to get it, but you're going to a bowl game. If I'd have told you this after the Ohio game, would you <laughs> sign for Memphis and uh, sign for the city of Memphis playing Memphis in the Liberty Bowl? Hell yeah, I'd cut off my right. You know what for that? Uh-huh. Well, now it's come due. <laughs> but you're going to postseason, and it's drivable. You know, I, I saw people even politicking for even a lower tier bowl in the pecking order for the Big Twelve, like the Independence Bowl yeah. in Shreveport. It's true. You're going to fly to Shreveport? No. Or the guaranteed rate? On, on December rate? 16th? That's just it. Or the other, or the, the, what's the one in Phoenix? Guaranteed rate? Right. It's the day after Christmas. Right. It's so difficult it's, to pull things like that it, off. It absolutely yeah. is. Date-wise, it works out very well. Mm-hmm. What is it, the 29th, I think, of December? So you do Christmas. Yeah. Take a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. You know, leave Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Get down there for Wednesday night. Party. Have yep. all day Thursday. And the game on Friday with the 2.30 kickoff. I mean, Go, go see the Ducks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. got to do that. Yep. Yeah. We did that. Ella was uh, little at the time when got, we made our way to Memphis. I had to go see the Ducks, too, uh-huh. kicking and screaming. You know what I would do, and I recommend this very highly? Get in your car and drive the 80 miles to Oxenfrist, Mississippi, because it is a beautiful town square. Uh, it's the Old South. Um, uh, go to the Grove. Do all the things. I mean, we did it all. I'm so glad I did. And it's a really cool. I mean, you'll probably never get back there. There's a pretty good chance you'll never get back there. And again, it's 80 miles. It's easy. Graceland, did you go? No. You no, didn't? Did not go. No desire. Really? Yeah, too touristy. <laughs> too touristy. Too, too touristy for me. I loved it. Did you? I thought it was super cool. So yeah. what What did they have? Could you see like some of the stuff he wore? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You walked through the house. You could go. You could see the bedroom? Yes. You couldn't go in the crapper. Yeah. Where he died? Well, not that one. <laughs> that one I think might have been cut off. But yeah, it was It was really cool. It was interesting. They yeah. had... What of his planes? I hear the, the the grounds are immaculate. They are, yes. Absolutely beautiful. A really, really fun place. Make, yeah. If that's something that you have any iota, should we do it. Does it cost anything? I, I think it. I don't think it was expensive. Like five, ten bucks to yeah, get in? Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't think it was no. anything ridiculous, at least that I remember offhand. Mm-hmm. But it was a very enjoyable time. I, I was, I'm not a huge Elvis fan or anything. Right, right. I was, eh, this will be touristy and kind of boring. But it's Elvis. It was great. Right. It really was. Right. So put that on the list, too. Okay. Um, so it's got some positives for yes. it. It does. Again, the, stadium's, the stadium is cement. <laughs> it kind of reminds you of, but it's the parking lot, right? It's, it's all the tailgating uh, surrounding it. Um, and the last time I was there, was fifth, it was banged out. You know what it kind of reminded me of, in a way? The Red River rivalry, where they mm-hmm. split the fan bases, yeah. right? There was... Uh, Memphis fans on one side, Iowa State fans on the other. Anyway. And two different colors that'll pop. And they did. Yeah. Absolutely did. And it's 2.30 in the afternoon. The game's over. You can get a, you know, start your drive home if you want. On the other side, Iowa to Orlando. Tough to get to, Trent. That's Expensive. The drive, that's the drawback. Yeah. Florida at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like spring break time. Uh, not easy to get to. A lot of people already had their plans for Orlando that are taking the kids. Mm-hmm. That raises and the January price. January 2nd's a work day. It is. Yeah. Like... If we would make the trip as a family, mm-hmm. my wife would not be able to go to the game. Because she has to be back to work on yes. the second? and it is a non-negotiable. You cannot use a personal day. You cannot do anything because mm-hmm. coming off the break, mm-hmm. you have to be there. It yep. is a district-wide rule. I'm going to guess that many school districts are like that. Yep. So that makes it much more difficult to pull something like that off. Yeah, going back to Disney with the kids and doing, you know, yeah, it's fine. Right. And if you don't have kids, what does Orlando do for you? Not a damn thing, Trey. Yeah. It really didn't. Been there a number of times mm-hmm. uh, of all the places in Florida. I mean, mm. go to a magic game. 
Yeah, yeah done yeah. that. Um, anyways, they not in the radio, not in the arena that they play in now. I think, they, I think they've moved. But regardless, who has more fans at their bowl game? Iowa State or Iowa? Mm-hmm. Uh, who has more? Fa- I think Iowa State fans because it's drivable. I think so too. I think you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's the date. You'll be back for mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. Yep. Um, you can still do Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now we're, yeah, it it works out incredibly it well. It does, yeah. And the drivable component, I, I was looking at flights last night. I mean, best case, 750. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Right. An hour probably after the announcement. Uh-huh. That thing's got to be pushing 1,000 now. Sure. For sure it is, if yeah. you can get on it. And then you're like, well, if we drive to Kansas City, if we drive to Omaha, can, you're pulling all those things mm-hmm. out. It's... It is not fun. See, that's the worst for me. When you get home and you or you yeah. land, oh, you got a three hour drive. Right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you just want to be home. Uh huh. Um, the playoff committee decided that Florida State does not belong in mm-hmm. the playoff. I got, I commend them. I think they got it right. I really and truly do. Um, it's it's hist- historic. I get it. Never seen that before. That a Power Five unbeaten Power Five team has found their way in. Um, they struggled in a lot of ways against Louisville on Saturday night. If they would have did, done to uh, Louisville what Ohio State did with, to Wisconsin mm-hmm. as an underdog with Cardell Jones, yes, I said it, as an underdog, Wisconsin was favored by four and a half in the football game. They got beat 59 to zip. It's a different story. It is. It's a different story. You saw it, not that this is the be-all, end-all, or the barometer of whether they got it right or whether they got it wrong. Who did Michigan want to play? Did you see the Did you see the reaction oh. to the? It's time to unveil the fourth or fifth team. You can barely hear Reese Davis in the background. Is it going to be uh, Alabama or Florida State, the number four team in the country? And you could just hear the re- oh shit! Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> right. Um, they did not. They do not want any part of of Alabama. Alabama would be favored. Georgia's favored um, uh, over Florida State in their bowl game. I, they did. They got. They got it right. I get it. Uh, at the end of the day, Jim Phillips, Kevin Warren, George Klyovkov, you guys, your little alignment deal that you worked mm-hmm. out together, you were the ones that prevented 2023 from expanding to a 12-team playoff, or even a 16 playoff, or even which was whatever. on board expansion yes, at all. Back in 2019, that was on the board, and they had an opportunity. Yep. And it wasn't happening then. Tap the brakes. Yep. And it right comes back to the ACC yep. and the Big Ten, mm-hmm. along with the Pac-12. And this is where we are today. Both things can be true. The committee got it right. Yep. Florida State also got screwed. Absolutely. Both things are correct. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you. And going 13-0. We saw it when Iowa went 12-0. It doesn't matter what your schedule looks like. Going undefeated in college football at any level is incredibly difficult. You're going to have that game where you don't play well. You're going to have that game where the other team is playing lights out. There's going to be those moments. We saw it against Boston College for Florida State this year. Coming back against Florida in the swamp. Yeah, it's not a very good Florida team, but you did it. You went out and scheduled LSU in Mm -hmm. the non-conference. You did everything there. Speaking of Orlando, wasn't that game in Orlando? I think it was, yeah. I think it was, too. You did everything right, but... The committee is looking for the four best. Yes. And they there. And part of the criteria, it's not like they just added this paragraph on Thursday, right? If there's a significant injury, that is taken into account. So the one thing, if the committee did this exactly right, Florida State shouldn't even been ranked fifth. No. Florida State. Georgia should be. Right. You know who else should be in front of them? Ohio State. I mean, Florida State, I was looking at our, our guy Kenny White's numbers last night. 
I think he has them right now without Travis, the 16th best team in the country. Mm. The committee screwed that up. And what they screwed up is a week ago, as I said, last Tuesday. You should have done it then. Is you should have done it yep. then. Yep. You didn't. Yep. And it led to even more angst that yep. didn't need to be there. If you're going to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. And they waited and they screwed it around. And that's and why that TV are. show is stupid yep. because they don't do the things that they actually are ultimately going to do. Mm-hmm. And they make it up as they go. It should have happened at that point. They didn't, and that's what led to all the angst that we dealt with yesterday. Yep, no, I'm, I don't disagree with. In fact, when you said it last week, I thought you were spot on. I thought it was right on the money that uh, get out in front of it. Um, you know, make make the college football fans aware that this is coming down the pike. Sure, there would be an opportunity for uh, Florida State should they go out and pound an, a Louisville team into submission. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. Uh, so we'll see. Alec Bussey from 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. He's going to join us to kick off our guest list for the day. Bama Bob Trent and I will recap the weekend uh, in college football. Of the championship games, um, which was... Which was, uh, were you on the edge of your seat in any of them? Pac-12. Yeah, there's pretty good football. Oregon game, came back, got the mm-hmm. lead. I was uh, texting you during the game a little bit yep. about opportunities that were out there. But yeah, that'd be the one. Uh, Georgia Alabama was, it didn't play out the way that I thought it was going to. After Georgia had that opening drive, yeah. what happened? <laughs> I know. I know. Looked like, all right, I had this one right. Georgia's going to cruise. And then Alabama ratcheted up and Georgia. Carson Beck didn't have a clue. No. He was bad. He did. He was. He was. Bad for Carson Beck. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, That was good. Um, The fight against uh, locally, the DirecTV WOI thing is a huge pain in the ass, but you know what? And I bitched about it for years. Mm -hmm. Old man yelling at the clouds. Yes. I was dead wrong. Thank you, ESPN+. Plus. Thank you, ESPN+. Because I was able to watch it on my iPad. Oh, nice! Yeah, That's and I good. thought I'd be ba- I thought I would be blacked out because mm-hmm. usually you have to put your TV provider. Yep. And I tapped lightly on Directv, thinking, "Oh, here they're going to go. They're going to mm-hmm. get me." And boom! And watched all of them. Good to know. Now it is good to know. That's very good to know. We'll take a time out. Alec Bussey joins us next on Iowa State. They had a good win on Friday night as well. Uh, that bas- the basketball game. And, and they were inconsistent for a while, mm-hmm. and then they got going. I thought Trey King was terrific in the game. We'll take a time out. Iowa State conversation next. Miller and Condon till 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. 27. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to Alec Bussey. Covers Iowa State for 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Alec joins us. Alec, Trent, and Ken, have you ever been to Memphis? Uh, no, I don't think I have been, but I'm excited to get down there. I'm uh, excited to certainly see it. And I hear they have good barbecue down there. So after living in Kansas for the last year mostly, um, I'll be excited to compare two famous cities' barbecues. 
Yeah, well, you'll, you'll have no trouble finding it. Yes. That, that's for certain, and you're 100% <laughs> right. It is good. So let's start there. I, I, I think my takeaway from uh, from yours and other Iowa State reporting uh, after the Campbell uh, get-together, um, once the bold opponent had been determined, was the fact that he doesn't expect uh, anybody to, to sit out, which... TJ Tampa uh, is is the guy that, you know, when you look at that roster, you would think, well, if somebody is going to take the bowl game off in preparation for, um, you know, an NFL career, it would be Tampa. But apparently he's going to play. Was that uh, uh, was that your takeaway as well, Alec? Yeah, I don't want to say it was concrete. He didn't specifically mention TJ Tampa. He did kind of say that, you know, something along the lines of opt-outs not being something that he expects a ton of. Um, and to be fair, I don't think Iowa State's roster has a ton of guys who would be sure. even considering opting out, right? Like, there's not a ton of people on the roster who I would describe as being high-level NFL draft prospects right now or people who would even consider enrolling early at this point in their uh, college careers. So I think if you are going to see someone do it, it would be Tampa. Um, but again, I mean, he's probably closer to a second or third round pick than he would be a first round pick at this point, but you certainly have seen a lot of second and third round guys choose to opt out. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that that happens for a lot of college football fans. That certainly isn't the greatest thing for the sport that we all love, but I certainly also understand so the, the thought process for the players. And I also think, um, while it's got to be frustrating for coaches, I think that a lot of them have kind of started to look at it as a little bit of a positive in the sense of I often to get younger guys, reps and opportunities in a game that, you know, quite honestly, like the outcome of doesn't have a huge impact on the program. And that's really valuable. I mean, what does Iowa State gain from having TJ Tampa play in this game against Memphis on the 29th? They don't gain a whole ton, but they would gain a lot more, I think, from a Patton playing corner or a Williams playing corner moving ahead to the future. So this team had a tumultuous offseason. Of course, the gambling investigation, a big part of it. But even before that, they changed a lot from a new offensive coordinator to a new strength and conditioning coach, a new offensive line coach. They did a lot. And for a guy that had the success of Matt Campbell, teams. absolutely bringing in a dedicated coordinator, something that hadn't done in the past. What's that say to you as somebody new on the beat where Iowa State had a frustrating four and eight year and didn't just rest on their laurels. They went out and changed things. And Matt Campbell changed a lot of things. Yeah, I think the biggest thing it says to me is the program is still under really good direction under Matt Campbell. Um, I know a lot of people are probably a little bit concerned about the overall direction of the program, just from the idea of the 2021 season not going the way that a lot of fans wanted it to, from a preseason top 10 ranking to a 7-6 and six record. Um, and then 2022, obviously, let's see the bowl game going 4-8 and eight and just suffering a lot of um, excruciating and like painful losses in frustrating ways when you think about missing three or four kicks at Kansas, when you think about mm-hmm. um, dropping what probably should have been a touchdown at Texas and then fumbling inside the red zone um, later on that drive at Texas. And like those are all games that Iowa State could have won to clinch a bowl game last year. But I was really struck by what Jimmy Pollard said yesterday. He was basically like, yeah, I, like, I never lost faith. And you know, even publicly, he would never say he lost lost faith in head coach, obviously, but um, it, it seems like the program is in a good direction. When you look at the depth chart, when you look at the age of the players that a lot of them contributed at this year, a lot of them are going to be around for a while, you would think about, um, and they should be able to, I presume, um, help Iowa State continue to make bowl games the next couple of years. Now it's only going to get more difficult with the Big 12 expanding to 16 teams, but 
um, it's a program that I think is certainly trending up if they continue to follow this trajectory. No, 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 no doubt about that. Alec Bussey, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert dot com is our guest. So it sounded like, again, listening to Campbell, that he thinks that, uh, uh, his players entering the portal that he would, uh, doesn't sound like there's going to be much news, if any, coming, or guys going in that direction. How about portal residents coming uh, in the direction of Iowa State. Do you think that Campbell is aggressively shopping in the transfer portal? Um, I don't know if I would use the term aggressively. Um, They've certainly been connected to a few prospects. They've put a few offers out to a few different kids. Um, I know one name that's kind of worth following is a a Marshall lineman. Um, Trent Holler is a name that I would um, certainly say is worth following. We'll write about him this week over at the website. Um, Ethan Kitley, uh, or Kilty, I think is how you pronounce the last name correctly. Um, he's a North Dakota transfer. He's gotten a few offers from a few different schools. I know Pitt has extended an offer, BYU, Virginia Tech, a few others, um, Iowa State, Purdue, of course, too. Um, so those are a few guys on the line of scrimmage that Iowa State will be interested in. And then I've also started to see them. So a little bit more interest on the, uh, on the JUCO market, um, with guys like Seth Wolf, with guys like Seth Wilfred. Um, he's a Snow College. Um, Juco Kai, um, and then Xavier Stillman um, is someone from Hutchinson Community College who's a defensive lineman um, with a couple of years of eligibility, I think three. So those are all guys that you could see Iowa State showing some interest in. Uh, I don't know Juco isn't necessarily the transfer portal, but mm-hmm. it's kind of in that awkward like between phase of kind of a transfer, but you're also just more of a traditional recruit. You talk to so many recruits over there, Alec, and what's the feedback you get? Does does NIL ever come up in your conversations? Is it more of a wink and a nod and you guys kind of stay away from it? What what part of the conversation when you're talking to these guys does NIL happen, if at all? That's a really good question. Um, when it comes to high school recruits, I generally don't ask about it just mm-hmm. because it puts me in an awkward situation, right? Like, like they're high school kids, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's, it's tough. And also, um, I mean, let's be real. It's not like Iowa State's going after and recruiting a ton of Top 100, top 50 right. kids, where NIL is probably a little bit more of a of a battle for kids of that um, pedigree, I guess you could say. I also think from an NIL perspective, and this is not necessarily my reporting, but just from what I've read from other people, it seems like the NIL world is kind of transferring a little bit away from spending a lot of money on high school prospects instead, funneling money towards proven transfer prospects, like a guy like Dylan Gabriel, um, who we saw into the portal this morning, Oklahoma's quarterback. That's someone who I would expect to get a lot of money um, just because he's proven, you know, he's a talented and successful college player. So NIL isn't something that I generally ask a ton about, but I do know that it's obviously very important in traditional portal recruitments, especially when you look at positions like the offensive line, the defensive line, where you know there's limited prospects at those positions who enter the transfer portal. And when they do enter the transfer portal, because there's a limited number of them, they tend to get a ton of offers really, really fast. Um, so that, that's just like an example of a position group on each side of the ball that things become really competitive for on, from an entire perspective, but then speaking specifically to NIL. Uh, swing the basketball for a second. Look, DePaul's record is not the shiniest. We get that. Uh, but yet they were given Iowa State a bit of a tussle early in the basketball game. What, about 10 minutes into it? It was, I think Memphis had the lead at that point. It was close at halftime. And then second half, Trey, uh, Trey King got going. I thought it was his best game as a Cyclone. Certainly, uh, the matchup worked in his favor, but it was good to see Iowa State 
you know, pull away to maybe get a good feeling after their uh, trip to Orlando over the Thanksgiving break. Beat a team convincingly as they did. Now sit back and wait for Thursday night against Iowa. Yeah, I didn't have a ton of takeaways from that game last weekend, to be completely honest with you, against DePaul. DePaul is, I don't want to say the absolute worst team in the major level, high level, high conference, power conference, whatever you want to call it, um, just because they are horrible. And I think <laughs> Iowa State did exactly what they were supposed to do on the road there, and it mm-hmm. seemed like it was a fairly favorable crowd, too, for Iowa State. Um, but I think that this game on Thursday night is really, really important important for Iowa State when you look at their NCAA tournament resume and where they're trying to get to uh, at the end of the season. I'll have a story up tomorrow morning that I'm going to write this afternoon with the NCAA's net rankings coming out. Iowa State ranked in the top 15 of that. And the key to being ranked highly in the net is just pounding your opponents, which you've seen Iowa State do now. And um, I guess you could say five of their six wins. They obviously pounded the four by games at the beginning of the season. They pounded DePaul by 19 points. Um, and they're going to continue to do that, I would presume, in the rest of the non-conference outside of the Iowa game with the level of opponent that they have coming into Hilton Coliseum. But I think they need a marquee win on their non-conference schedule, yep. and I think Iowa would give them an opportunity to have a quad one, quad two opponent. And it's certainly a rivalry game, and you know that Hilton Coliseum is going to be fired up. You know that the Magic is going to be um, rolling through there, hopefully, if you're a Cyclone fan. Jackson Pavelski, we're seeing him oh, play a little gosh. bit more. A yeah. uh, guy that hasn't shot it real well to this point from the outside, just 3 of 11 from deep, but know that obviously a skilled shooter shot nearly 38% a year ago at Wofford. Is this something you anticipate is going to continue that Pavelski has kind of found a role with this squad? It's something that I really want to monitor. Um, I've been impressed by the impact that he has had dating back to the games in Orlando, mm-hmm. but... I question how much it can translate to the Big 12 where you're going to see a lot of bigger, tougher, more athletic, more talented guards on a day-to-day basis, right? Like you're talking about seeing someone like Dewan Harris at Kansas. You're talking about um, a really talented Baylor backcourt with guys like Ray J. Dennis who's playing really well. Um, obviously, Houston has really talented players with someone like LJ Cryer in the backcourt. Those are going to be really challenging players for him to guard defensively. I think offensively he can continue to contribute in positive ways. But on the defensive side, I love what he's giving them right now. He plays really hard. He's active. He brings a ton of energy. Um, You know, a lot of times like that can be impactful defensively if you just play really hard. And does he turn into a player in the Big 12 who's playing 25, 30 minutes a game? I don't know. Um, But if he can come off the bench and give you, I don't know, 8 to 12 minutes, a game of that energy, knock down a couple shots, give you a couple made free throws, uh, then I think he becomes really valuable for Iowa State. So I'm, it's one of the one storylines with this team that I'm most intrigued to follow um, as we get to Big 12 play and as we continue to watch Iowa State play against Iowa um, on Thursday night. Because even their backcourt has some interesting pieces with, the, with a guy like Tony Perkins who's tough, physical, can get to the basket, um, and that's not a matchup that I think you'll see Pavelski match up with a ton. I would imagine that's someone that Lipsy gets a lot of time on Gilbert as well. But does Iowa try and get that matchup set up for themselves favorably and trying to expose it if they feel like that's something that can work for them? What do you got coming up this week at uh, Cyclone Alert, Alec? Yeah, it's going to be a fairly busy week in terms of recruiting stuff and transfer portal stuff. Obviously, the portal has popped off this morning with some big games going in there. With, like I said, Gabriel. Ohio State's Comic Accord, 
Um, those aren't names that are I would say I would anticipate um, having a ton of connections to, but we will have some transfer portal content going up. I'm finishing up a basketball recruiting update that's going to be posted on our VIP board that I'm sure people will really enjoy reading. Um, and then we're running another promo right now um, in honor of the transfer portal. You can sign up for 60% off um, for your first year's worth of coverage, and that's a savings of over $70. So it's another great time to become a VIP member of Cyclone Alert and 24-7 Sports. Good stuff, Alec. Thank you. We'll talk to you next Monday. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Have a great rest of the show. Yep, you too. Take care. Well, you have a good week uh, as well. You don't have a show. <laughs> well, not that I'm aware of. Uh, and it reminds me of that uh, commercial. You don't watch TV like I Anyway, so let's go to break. Come back. We'll finish the hour. Bama Trent and I will go around college football to kick off hour number two. Scott Dockerman at the bottom. Well, at 1230, he'll join us. It's Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. MetroHCI.com. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We are here until 1, Murph and Andy at that time. The drive with uh, Heather and David Eichel today. Sean is off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He takes a little R&R, but uh, he'll be back on Thursday. But uh, Eichel and Heather today, 3 until 6. So quick kick on the NFL from yesterday. Obviously, the uh, the game that had most eyeballs on it was the Eagles and the Niners. And uh, San Francisco had those first couple of drives. You're thinking to yourself, here we go again. <laughs> right. uh, back in Philadelphia, they just can't get past this Eagles. Eagles team, and then look out below. Man, oh man, they got it going, and uh, Brock Purdy put up huge numbers. And He was great. He really was. He's now the co-favorite to win the MVP. I hadn't seen the updated numbers. I yeah. think he is. I think he's the co-favorite to win the MVP. Him and Hurts? Him and uh, It's Mahomes. either Hurts or, or Jackson, maybe? Lamar? Mahomes? Mm. This team is now the fourth seed in the AFC. Now, they're scheduled down the stretch, talking about the Chiefs. Yeah. Very conducive to a whole bunch of wins. By the way, how about Mitch Holtis? His streak coming to an end. He had COVID. Oh, really? Got COVID on Friday and couldn't yeah. travel with the team. So it was like 40-something years he hasn't missed a game. That's wild. He got taken out this weekend, but um, yeah, it's a five-day mandatory or something. I don't know. Here's the updated numbers from DraftKings is where I found these. Okay. Brock Purdy, your betting favorite at 3-1. to one. No longer co-choice. Jalen Hurts plus three fifty, along with Dak. Tua seven to one. Lamar nine to one. Oh. Mahomes also nine to one. Tyree Kill. Sixteen would, to one. It would be him or it would be um it would be him or it would be McCaffrey for a non player. A non quarterback, yes, I mean. Yeah. Both those guys are both, both sixteen them, to one. Yeah, yeah. Your coach of the year. My coach of the year is McDaniel. He is not listed as the favorite. Right now, it is Dan Campbell, 2-1. to one. Yeah, pretty good one. D'Amico Ryans, 3-1. to one. Yep. There's Mike McDaniel at plus 450. Mm-hmm. Shane Steichen, how that team is sounding. I have no idea. I have no idea. Gardner Minshew, it's that beautiful mustache. Yeah, they just keep winning games. It did so yesterday in overtime. Um, unbelievable. But here we are. Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts, our playoff team as of right now. Matt? LeFleur at 18 I've to 1. I've got some Matt LeFleur. Do ya? Yes, I do. Hour 2 coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.